Hello and welcome to the Partners for Access Rare Disease and Cell and Gene Therapy Weekly Roundup. I'm your host, Max Rex. Each week, we at Partners for Access will bring you the most important news developments from the orphan drug and cell and gene therapy world and what they mean for you. This week, we start off with the announcement that the US Food and Drug Administration are developing a new system to help speed up the process of marketing approval for novel gene therapies. FDA Commissioner Scott Gottlieb said that the scheme will involve allowing some of the evidence traditionally needed for approval to be provided after the launch of the product. Starting with haemophilia drugs, the FDA is to allow approval of gene therapies without any evidence showing that the treatment reduces bleeding episodes in patients. Instead, the agency will only require evidence that the drug increases the level of key proteins in the blood. The FDA will expect real-world evidence showing a reduction in bleeding to be demonstrated post-launch. Although this theory often makes sense, from our experience at P4A, there are examples where chemical measures of drug efficacy do not translate into clinical benefits for patients. We also saw the long-awaited announcement from President Trump and Health and Human Services Secretary Alex Azar when they introduced American Patients First, a drug pricing plan which President Trump has described as the most sweeping action in history to lower the price of prescription drugs. He has outlined four ways that the drug pricing system needs to be realigned and highlighted a few reasons which have contributed to these issues, namely the rise of the middlemen and their incentives to want higher list prices, the expansion of government funding and mandatory rebates, the growth of expensive specialty drugs, even as small molecule pills become generic and get a 90% price cut, and the high and growing R&D costs of pharma innovation. To discuss this further, here is Aparna Krishnan, Corporate Affairs Lead here at P4A. So Max, to keep this in perspective, we should know that 89% of all drugs are generic, and high prices are largely a problem among the remaining 11%. So immediate actions proposed in the plan include improved reporting, giving Medicare Part D plan negotiators better tools and eliminating pharmacy gag clauses. Part D already extracts higher rebates than commercial payers, partly because Part D has one tool that commercial payers don't, a ban on patient copay assistance. It will be interesting to see what the impact is on the patient and their reaction to this initiative. In addition to all this, there is a short-term proposal to include state drug pricing information in TV adverts, uh, which is also being discussed. However, the three most important changes from this proposal for pharma and the biotech industry are eliminating the use of rebates as safe harbor, applying Medicare Part D negotiation models to Part B drugs, and The third, which is establishing true value-based pricing around the patient's condition. Interestingly, there's been no reference to central government's role in negotiating drug prices. Overall, though, the steps outlined in the blueprint um, are positive for pharma and biotech companies, particularly when we consider President Trump's earlier stance on drug pricing. Thanks, Aparna. Moving on to Europe now. The European Commission proposals to amend supplementary protection certificates. The European Commission is considering amending legislation relating to supplementary protection certificates 
SPCs, to support production of medicinal products in the EU. Current patent and SPC law forces manufacturers of generic and biosimilar medicines to systematically build up production capacity outside the EU. Current EU legislation is at odds with the EU's effort to improve the quality, safety and affordability of medicines and to promote pharmaceutical production in Europe. To discuss this, I'm joined by Alison Neen, Partners for Access Vice President, International Operations. So Alison, what has the Commission proposed? Okay, well, the EU Commission's initiative to introduce an SPC manufacturing waiver is really aimed at removing the contradiction that's existed and consequently the competitive disadvantage for EU-based generic and biosimilar manufacturers without actually undermining the existing intellectual property rights. Positive support really should be given, we, we feel, for this Commission's proposal. The actual initiative itself means that really we're looking at re-establishing a balance between European suppliers of medicines. Uh, We're looking at fewer competitive disadvantages for EU generic and biosimilar manufacturers, creating savings within healthcare, generating further added value within Europe, creating more high-skilled jobs within the European Union, and a higher guarantee of supply due to proximity of production. Thank you, Alison. Moving closer to home here in London, we hear that ministers could scrap the ring fence around the NHS England budget to include other arm's length bodies as part of the government's long-term funding plan. Alison, what is the ring fence budget being discussed and what is the impact of the latest announcement? Okay, well, the 2015 ring fence uh, part of the budget was really the Treasury settlement with NHS England to provide funding for the five-year forward view, which was Simon Stevens' uh, sort of launch policy. But really, it has prompted a heated debate over whether the government have actually fulfilled the spending commitments within that during their election manifesto. The Treasury, Number 10 and the Department of Health and Social Care are leading discussions at the moment over the level of funding required and both Jeremy Hunt and Theresa May have hosted lots of round table discussions with basically the heads of the department and system leaders in recent weeks. Really what we're expecting and the word in the street is that the expected announcement will deliver real term funding increases for the NHS but it will actually fall well below the 4% a year growth required and being requested by those NHS leaders. We've already taken the line that really trying to carve up bits and pieces of DHSC budget isn't helpful. We've discussed this before at Port, uh, Partners for Access seminars and it really isn't helpful as it leaves too many important areas on the wrong side of the line. Thanks, Alison. So, what's the news out of the HSE in Ireland? Well, interestingly, we've seen a lot in the press lately over the um, scans and diagnostic tests and cervical screen scares. It's been all over the media to date. And Leo Vardacar has basically come back hit hard at uh, HSE and saying that it needs to be slimmed down. 
okay we know that really that's very much in part with the Sancha Care initiative which as usual has been rumbling along slowly in the background within Ireland we know that there is a need for people who can act as a check between the executive and the government, which has been highlighted, as we said, with the cervical cancer screening. And really, they need to be able to make sure that policies are implemented and that the organisation is being held to account. There is also a need for a very different sort of board, one that's somewhat smaller, but really proactive. It's not just going to be somebody or a group of people who turn up for a meeting once a month because they have greater involvement. The HSE, as we know, is a massive entity, a budget of, what, 16 billion euro, with 110,000 people. And really, it's too big to manage. It needs to be slimmed down, as Leo Vardakar has said, and this new board will be a board for the slimmed down national sector, and it'll have much more local and regional accountability. So this is very much in line with what the government has been doing for the last number of years. If there is to be a national policy, and there are many, that national policy needs to be followed up from the top to the bottom. There needs to be accountability and it's not good enough for the people at the top or the middle just to say they have to follow it through. Minister for Health Simon Steve or Simon Harris rather we're discussing Ireland will be seeking approval for this on Tuesday from his colleagues to restore the HSE board and to conduct a final review of the current management system within the body to assess if it is actually fit for purpose. Thanks once again Alison. Now on to our final story. On the 25th of May all member states in the European Union enforced enhanced data protection laws under the General Data Protection Regulation, or GDPR. The law improves personal data protection, forcing all institutions to declare what information they currently hold, how they collect personal data, and what they use it for. The law has huge implications for patient data and consequently patient registries. Non-compliance with this law could result in significant fines for any institutions. And that's it for this week. For more news and analysis, go to our website, www.partnersforaccess.com. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, and please do share your thoughts with us in the comments.